0: Hey guys, this is T, and you're listening to the Hidden Oaks Overdose Football Fix with Gar and Josh. Enjoy the show, and remember, stonks do go up.
1: Stonks haven't gone up for a while, T. Sorry about it. It is Saturday morning, 8 a.m., September 24th, 2022. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Hidden Oaks Overdose Football Fix Podcast. I'm one of your lovely hostesses, The Garlic Johnson. We are joined, as always, by your other lovely hostess, The Joshua Mitchell. Josh, say hi to the folks out there.
0: Hi, folks.
1: Thank you so much for listening and being a, a core member of the show, Josh. Uh, We got the Discord. We got you know, Anchor. You can leave voicemails. No one's leaving voicemails, Josh. We might might not stop mentioning it. Voicemails are dead. Um, Segment start times will be down in the description below, though, for people who don't want to listen. We made the show shorter for you, easier to listen to. But, um, you know, if you still want to skip around, if there's something you particularly want to hear, like the Medical Minutes, Triumphant Return, listen to a real-life doctor uh, talk about stuff, um, the uh, segment start time will be down in the description for people who want to jump to that. Josh, how are we doing today?
0: i'm doing i'm doing good got uh had yesterday off helped celebrate nikita's birthday even though it was on wednesday uh so I had fun with that um and yeah so at the time that we so we went to Top Golf, and at the time of leaving i had a top 10 score um for the day because on their app they tracked that and i'll take that um, especially because there were seven minutes left on our timer, and I finished with three minutes left on that timer. So I hit twenty golf balls in four minutes and got a top ten score. Not big deal. How are you, Gar?
1: Wow. I mean, i I'm I'm doing good. I don't got any cool stories like that, bro. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not with it quite like you are. Um, worked last night. Worked a concert. That was fun. Um, Balancing for musician concert
0: oh yeah, I know, but were you playing bouncer or were you uh, oh, a musician?
1: Oh, sorry, I was—I was an usher. I just scanned tickets, dude. Very nice. Where at? <laughs> just if where I work at my, at my place of employment. Um, uh, but yeah, other than that, no, I've had a pretty uneventful week since last Tuesday. Or, yeah, since the last pod. I really haven't done much. Uh, I used to go on. I'm definitely at the time of year where, so, like, I obviously like to go on walks. I know I've mentioned that in the pod plenty of times. But now it is, like, absolutely miserable to go outside and go on a walk, even if you put on, like, a hoodie and stuff. So, either I'm going to have to find a new mode of exercise. Um, I don't want to pay for a gym membership because those are, like, 30 bucks a month for like the cheapest these days. Or I just got to get fat over the winter and then not get less fat next spring again. So, we'll see, but pretty much the days of me going outside and walking, you know, my long walks on the beach are done, and so now I got to find a new way to be less depressed, I guess. We'll see. But uh it is definitely fall. I don't know what it's like down in Big Lake, but up here it is definitely fall. Yeah, it's definitely fall.
0: Had a bit of the rain yesterday. Looking a little gloomy out there today, but We'll we'll get through it.
1: Do you have heartburn? Or are you struggling right now? What is he sound funny. I I
0: I was mid burp as you asked me that, <laughs> so
1: all right, we'll but,
0: uh, <laughs> yeah, right, we'll get right into it there, folks.
1: Let's get into the show. Oh, shout out to Eric. Eric, you're going to want to hear the Medical Minute today, even though it's a little late. Uh, all right, first here, we got the start and sit, Josh. Um, I didn't put in any effort into this. I'm really happy you did, though. Uh, looks like you got some stats on us. What are our start and sit stats? Why should people listen to us? Even though no one is asking us about any of these starts and sits, we're making them completely up on our own.
0: Well, yeah, that's just because they don't want to know. They don't want us to know that they need our help. So they actually do listen to us when we do this. Uh, uh, I have numbers and stats. Uh, um, but last you. week we were three for five, so over 500 again, but we had a plus 33.2 point difference. Um, I think we were carried by one or two players there. Um, and one of the ones that we lost was one of those, one of the ones similar to week one, where we had two guys put up decent numbers. So it's not like you could have gone wrong with either one. Um, overall we're six and a half out of 10 with a positive 48.85 point swing. So hooray. Um, so not too bad through two weeks. Um, obviously not 10 for 10, but probably not going to go perfect ever. So no big deal. No, no, yeah. Sorry, Eric's. But yeah, so I made some picks, and like you said, I, I mean, I put the effort in this morning because it's very easy to just go onto that link that I posted and uh, pick a few from there. So it's I plan I plan on doing this segment on Saturday mornings before we start. So if you ever want, if you ever log on and go, huh, this isn't done yet, don't worry about it. I can do it on mornings.
1: <laughs> all right. I definitely wasn't worried about it because I, I believed it was too early. It's just always the, you know, wanting to show it, at least pretend to put an equal effort, you know. Um, but all right. You want to hop right into the table here, Josh? We are the greatest and people should listen to us. That's the gist of what you just said, right?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. All and right. this is where they finally get to listen to us uh, agree on things instead of go back and forth.
1: Well, I mean, sometimes there's a little bit of a struggle to get us to that agreement, but I hear you. Yeah,
0: okay, fine. But we are uh, but forcing first off,
1: ourselves to agree.
0: Yeah, but first off, I picked the GOAT quarterbacks. Uh, we've got Dougie Davis Mills at Chicago. Uh, he plays for Houston. And then we've got Joey Flacco uh, the New York Jets fill in versus Cincinnati.
1: Whew. All right. Well, I mean, if you look at if we look, you know, we look at the tail of the tape. I mean, Joe Flacco had a fourteen point week, and then I mean, the most, you know, in traditional QB scoring, a fourteen point week and the twenty six point week. Um, you know, he had fifty nine attempts, then forty four attempts, over three hundred yards in both. Four touchdowns against Cleveland. Not really doing much rushing, which makes sense because he's a thirty seven year old quarterback. Um, but you know, I don't know that Cincinnati is going to be that much tougher than. Cleveland or Baltimore, like if anything... I would assume Cincinnati would be a pretty similar matchup to Cleveland for Joe Flacco. So, I mean, if he can put up similar numbers yet again, I would definitely ride with Joe Flacco. You look over to Davis Mills to see what he's been doing. Um, You know, he's had you know only 23 completions or 19 completions for 240 yards or just 170 yards. He only had seven points last week. He managed to get 15 and a half against Indy week one, but they're playing Chicago. Chicago should be a garbage team, um, but, you know, if you're going to make me choose between between Dougie Mills and Joe Flacco. Um, I definitely want to go Joe Flacco, but uh, Josh, please tell me why I'm wrong, if uh, if you believe I'm wrong.
0: Um, I feel like uh, both of these would be, you know, sleeper picks when you're playing on uh, FanDuel, but, uh, or, you know, if you're trying to, str- if you're struggling for money, you don't want to go big on quarterback. Um, I would say, yeah, Joey Flacco has that, uh um, Kind of shown that he can get the job done as well as against a decent defense. Plus, they're at home. Uh, it sh- might be a shootout if the Cincinnati offense turns it around. Otherwise, it might just be a complete curb stomp by the Jets. For, believe it or not. Just kidding. Um, but yeah, I'd go Joey Flacco on this just because he. I mean, you mentioned his number, his passing each game, and he's he's throwing the ball around a lot. So um, I think that they're just going to continue that trend. And um, so yeah, I have no issue with Joey Flack
1: all right the next one here Josh you have handcuffs so we have Raheem mostert who's sitting behind a uh, you know a, um, a how do I want to say this a banged up Chase Edmonds and then we also have a one J. Mal Williams um, who is behind one banged up uh, DeAndre Swift who gets banged up every year I tried to warn people but um, so we're basically we're hoping that you know regardless of whether or not the starter in front of them plays who has the better opportunity as we sit here Saturday morning 8 a.m. What are you thinking, Josh? Between Mostert or Jamal?
0: You know, um, both of them have had decent weeks. Both of them. Well, I don't know about Mostert, but I know Jamal had that solid week one where he handcuffed two touchdowns. In the last week, he didn't get the ball much, but um, he, he, you know, he did get it enough to at least produce some points. Um, I'm I'm leaning Jamal on this one just because he has um, an easier matchup in Minnesota. Even though Minnesota's line is probably their strength, um, I think that. Um, Goff has done well enough to spread the ball around or throw the ball around uh, to at least one guy, Amon uh, Ross and Brown, um, to or, to open up that pass game. Plus, Jamal is in a slouch when it comes to catching the ball out of the backfield or lining up in slots or, or on the outside as a receiver either. So um, I would lean Jamal on this one. Buffalo's defense is pretty stingy. So um, I'm going to, yeah, that's where I'm leaning.
1: All right, I feel it um yeah i mean looking at the tail of the tape again week one Mostert had 3.2 points and this is i think just, just standard scoring um uh, but then he had 7.9 points week two had a much higher he yet he went over 55 percent of the snap share in week two for Mostert. he had 4.64 yards per carry in week two 11 rushes for 51 yards three targets three receptions for 28 yards um, so nice little scat back. I guess I don't know what the receiving numbers are for Edmonds, and I'm not going to look that up. Going over to J. Maul, he has 11 and 12 attempts in the first two weeks. Of course, he had a t- two touchdowns week two that really bolstered his numbers without those two touchdowns he would have just had. Week one. Uh, sorry, yeah, week one. Without those two touchdowns, he just would have had three fancy points, but he can't really do that. He only had 11 He had 11 attempts for 28 yards and then 12 attempts for 53 yards, so his yards per carry were also going up. He only had one target week two for seven yards. Certainly the Minnesota defense is a much nicer matchup. And so I'm definitely not afraid to ride, um, ride, J- ride Jamal with you just because, like you said, the Buffalo defense is real. The ghost of Leslie Frazier future is here. And he'll probably be a head coach again if he, um, if he keeps running the Buffalo defense the way he has.
0: Yeah, so lock it in, Jamal.
1: Oh, for sure, Jamal.
0: All right, moving on, we have for the deeper leagues, Um, in our case, um, I did notice one of them was in a starting lineup, but uh, we have wide receivers, Jacoby Myers uh, versus Baltimore or Devonta Smith at Washington. Gar, I want to hear your thoughts on this one.
1: All right, so back to the tail of the tape. Um, Jacoby Meyer, starting with him, he had an 88% snap share, then went down to an 82% snap share, not overly alarming just yet. Week one, he had 6.2 fantasy points. Week two, he had 9.5 fantasy points. Again, I think this is just in standard scoring because I just happen to have, like, I'm looking at all this on sleeper and I happen to have deflate these balls in the background, which is a old school scoring league but he went to he went from six targets to 13 targets from four receptions to nine receptions from 55 yards to 95 yards so jacoby myers does appear to be on the rise of course um this should not be this should be less of a defensive battle when they're playing baltimore but also does the game get so out of hand that you know the um the new england patriots can't do anything that's tough to see uh before i want to decide though let's go over and look at one mr devonta smith he went from week one apps absolutely goose egg 96% snap chair four targets week one but had zero catches zero points nothing like that week two against minnesota rip he had eight fantasy points 99% snap chair seven targets seven receptions 80 yards of course aj brown is going to feast in that offense but i mean just looking at the snap share alone and the target numbers uh well i shouldn't say the target numbers because jacoby myers had 13 targets and nine receptions I definitely think Devonta Smith has the safer floor just based on the snap percentage. Um, so I, I think I would lean Devonta Smith from a floor perspective, but I think Jacoby Myers could break out. Of course, um, Nelson Aguilar and Devonta Parker. It, it's unclear kind of who is the guy in New England, at least for me personally, whereas Devonta Smith has a very clear number two role. So I would lead Devonta, but if you want to go Jacoby, I guess I don't really care strongly. What do you think, Josh?
0: Yeah, that goose egg scaring me off, Um, and so I'm just, you know, I I was leaning Jacoby Myers because I believe he is technically, he is their wide receiver one. Um, He had, you know, two weeks with six, minimum six targets and then 13 targets, so even if his snap share isn't there, he's gotten more targets than Devonta Smith in both games, Um, plus he's put up more points. Um, He he doesn't have that touchdown, um, or he doesn't have a touchdown in there, and I'm looking at um, standard leagues, so he's, six six points minimum but uh, um, so I was leaning Jacoby because I think that he's one of those under the radar guys that you know you see people draft aka me um, and go why would you take him but uh, <laughs> when he's on the field he gets the ball and like you said Devonta is the number two wide receiver but I don't think he's the number two target share guy in that in that offense I think Goddard is kind of ahead of him in that regard and so I would go I mean I'm leaning Jacoby Um and so that's just where I'm at. But, you know, Devonta did have a good game against Minnesota. Washington's defense, I don't know where they're sitting. But um, Baltimore's defense, from what I recall, is okay. Um, and so I don't care where we go. No, so. I'll, I'll
1: ride with you on Jacoby. That's fine. You had a stronger pity than I did to start. So I'll, we'll do Jacoby Myers. Sit on the okay. bench, Devonta Smith. You stink. Yeah, plus
0: you're only fifteen pounds, so you probably blow away <laughs> the moon. <laughs> All
1: right, Josh. Next up we have tight end start sit scenario. We have Hayden Hurst at the New York Jets, and then we have Dawson Knox at Miami. What are you thinking for this one, pal?
0: Um well my heart wants Dawson Knox to go off because then I uh I might not get eliminated in guillotine this week. <laughs> and then my other my other heart wants Hayden Hurst to go off because then I might lose to uh, uh, Mr. Landvik by, by less than 20. Um, so, but overall, I mean, Hayden Hurst has had some decent targets in the past few weeks. Um, and then Dawson Knox, he didn't have, he didn't have nothing going on first game. I think he was one catch one target. Um, but then the second week he had four for 41. Um, so I think, you know, can't go wrong with either one. The Miami defense—they're giving up a ton of pass yards. Josh Allen can sling the rock around, but is it going to be to Dawson Knox or is it going to be to the other guys? Because um, Gabe Davis might be coming back as well. Um, and then you know, Joe Burrow likes to sling the rock around sometimes to the wrong team, but he does throw that rock. So, um, and then they're going up against the New York Jets. So, who knows um, how that team's going to perform with Joe Flacco behind the wheel? But. Um, I guess I don't have an opinion at this point. I'd rather hear your arguments before I make my decision. So what do you have to say?
1: Sure. I think we, so, I mean, we can look at the tail of the tape, but even before that, um, the tight end, like the tight end scene in Cincinnati last year was absolutely abysmal. They had whatever the fuck his name was, CJ Uzozama or Uzama or whatever the fuck you say his last name. Um, and they also had Drew Sample and just the tight end seems to be probably the fifth guy in the receiving pecking order you got chase you got higgins you got boyd you got mixon um so even if you're seeing targets i don't think they're very high value targets they're probably like you know flat routes a lot or those check downs maybe just some sort of drag route or crossing route very simple shallow routes if i had to assume and so while you do like to see eight and seven targets i have to assume that the fantasy ceiling is almost equal to the floor so sure maybe he'll get five receptions again but is it going to be five receptions for a max of 50 yards i mean in ppr that's 10 points ooh um you know or or, you know it was only 25 yards last week so that's you know only two points or seven points depending on your scoring system um so, I mean, I think the floor and the ceiling are almost the exact same for Hayden Hurst, whereas Dawson Knox, obviously much lower floor. We've seen disappointing numbers from him both last year and already this year with two targets, one reception game one, five targets, four receptions game two. Um, I certainly think after you watch Mark Andrews kind of light up Miami a bit last week, um, even though they do end up losing that game, I would much prefer Dawson Knox for the upside. I agree Dawson Knox floor is at zero, um, but I, Hayden Hurst is not sexy to me, you know, all Hayden Hurst does not excite me, so um, I would prefer Dawson Knox.
0: That's where I was leaning to, just because of the yeah. Um, him and Josh Allen are buddies, so I think that they're going to try and get him more involved in the offense. So um, I would I would go that route as well.
1: All right, we've got one more. This looks like you have a desperate flex play, uh, maybe in some deeper leagues or like in a guillotine where you have multiple flexes, or even in the you know in the Eric's BSB Dynasty League. We got four names out here, Josh, and they're kind of ugly, but we got Logan Thomas versus Philly, so a little tight end in the flex potentially. Noah Brown, who seems to have some uh, chemistry with Cooper Cush, um, playing at the New York Giants we have Devin Duvernay at New England um garbage and then we have Naeem Himes versus KC on the absolute garbage Indianapolis Colts Josh obviously you put these names in here anything that's jumping out to you
0: um I mean I want to know what Noah Brown has on Cooper Rush and why he's blackmailing him because he definitely got that majority of the targets last week um with him at qb i think it's you know they've got that rapport that's where i'm leaning um i guess if i were to rank them in in any order i would go you know noah brown logan thomas heinz and duvernay in that order um but you know if you have a strong argument for logan thomas i'm not opposed to him either because that um because he has had some success there with carl wentz so i uh yeah i don't know what do you what do you have to say on these ones
1: Uh, I mean, Hines in a PPR format makes sense. I mean, he has, you know, he's had six receptions and then four receptions for 50 yards and 37 yards. He's certainly not getting any rushing work is what you would expect. Um, But Hines has just been unsexy to me. If anything, I expected him to be used more in this offense and he hasn't been, especially with their game scripts, like they've been behind and stuff. So I don't know what's going on over in Indy, but I really don't want to touch a single fantasy asset in Indy until I can see them figured out, even if this is like our desperate last, uh, you know, Ditch spot. You know, flex play or whatever. I don't want to touch Hines. Devin Duvernay. I mean, he's had two good weeks in. Like from a fantasy perspective, I still can't do it. I don't want to touch Devin Duvernay. Um, you know, depending on whether or not you got that six-point kick return, kick return touchdown last week, he did even worse for you in your league. Only two receptions for 42 yards. So I don't want to touch Duvernay. Between Noah Brown and Thomas, I think Noah Brown certainly has the higher ceiling because again, he does. He really seem to have that chemistry with Cooper Rush, and they're playing the Giants so who knows maybe you know whoever the defensive coordinator in new york will figure them out but if we're down to logan thomas and noah brown i'm fine with either but you know i'd ride with Noah brown just for the high upside with the current qb situation
0: noah brown it is that's that's kind of where i was leaning just because of a uh, recent week um so yeah there's our table um we've got that and we'll tell you how perfect we did next week gar FanDuel favorites Last week we did one for each position, got a little bit beefy. So now we uh, have, you know, at least one, but more if you feel like strongly on them. So I see that you have 2. I'll let you take one and then I'll go one and then you can go one.
1: All right, uh, I'll go with the one I like the most this week. I mean, obviously they're questionable right now, but you got Godwin out, you got Julio Jones out, you got Mike Evans suspended. Brashad Perryman has been in this Tampa Bay system for a while. Um, So, I mean, we've already seen that Jair Alexander isn't going to shadow the quote-unquote number one receiver. Obviously not saying Brashad Perryman's on the same level as Justin Jefferson and some of these other world-beating wide receivers, but assuming that Brashad Perryman has opportunities on Sunday versus Green Bay to get open, um, you know, it's already proven that him and Tom Brady have chemistry so brashad perryman at 5300 i absolutely love it i'm gonna slam dunk that into my lineup but it's also like a boomer bust play so who knows but i love brashad perryman this week
0: yeah well um as someone who had perryman on his team he doesn't need to be shattered by the number one corner um he is somebody that gets covered by his own shadow so he uh (laughs) he uh (laughs) He's been in the league a while and has had some issues with dropping. So who knows? Maybe Tom Brady scared him straight, but um, I'm not going to line him up. But I see why you would just because of the opportunity. Uh, my my guy um, is the rookie out of... Washington. We got Jahan Dotson. He's a wide receiver. He's uh, $6,000. He's averaging, I think, 16 points per week in the FanDuel League. Uh, so it's not a bad value there. Um, and I do believe that they go up against uh, Philadelphia, so they should be throwing the ball a lot to try and keep up. Carl Wentz likes to toss
1: the rock deep, so we'll see. How much did the, the, the Dotson cost there? Six grand.
2: Wow! That's a low price!
1: Just had had to. Um, All right, my last one here. I just really like David Montgomery this week. I know people were, you know you know, pronouncing the death of David Montgomery coming into the season with Khalil Herbert around. Um, I think it's overblown and I think they're, this is their easiest opponent yet from a rushing perspective. So even at 7,100, not the greatest value. I love David Montgomery to feast this week versus Houston. And so he'll probably be in my lineup as well. So again, 7,100, not like a deal, um, but I love David Montgomery this week and he appears to not be dead. Like, you know, a lot of people want to pronounce him. So I like him this week as well versus Houston, Josh.
0: Yeah. Um, so moving on to the bust, something that I added last week. Um, last week, I think we did pretty good. I, I think that my guy busted. I don't know. Uh, I think you had CMC. He, I don't think he did
1: too well. Did he? I mean, definitely not relative to all the other prices around him. I'd say he busted for sure.
0: All right. So this week I took CMC versus new Orleans. He's still 8,500. She's He's on the injury report because he had to go pee, apparently. So <laughs> there's there's that. But uh, um, yeah, New Orleans, stingy defense still. Um, decent run defense. 8,500 is too much for me to put CMC in my lineup. Um, so yeah, no other reasoning than that.
1: All right, for me, for the FanDuel bus this week, I, I don't want to get in trouble over this, but I got Tyreek Hill. Um, I don't think that uh, Leslie Frazier is going to let Tyreek Hill have a great big game. We've seen that defense is real. It's raw. It's real raw. Um, of course, Mike McDaniel can get creative and this and that, but I have faith in the defensive prowess of Buffalo that we've seen so far. So I think that, you know, if you want to see someone to have a breakout game, maybe it's Jalen Waddle, or maybe they find creative ways to get Mike Kosicki just operating as a receiver again the ball. But I don't think the Buffalo defense wants Tyreek Hill. I think they're going to do everything they can to shut down Tyreek Hill specifically versus just playing their scheme. Um, so I I think Tyreek Hill will be a bust this week, at least at the price point of 8400 hunch. So I am fading Tyreek Hill this week, but I don't really have any shares of him in any league, so I don't have any stakes, really. Well,
0: see, as someone who's going up against him, I really hope he gets zero catches for zero <laughs> yards.
1: <laughs> Do you think that's realistic? No. All right, Josh. We can move into some sleeper over and unders just real quick. Then we can just kind of rapid fire through these. Not that we're, you know, we're pressed on time necessarily, but uh, we play the we played the sleeper over under contest, and why not? Um, I'll double down on my love of Montgomery. His line for rushing and receiving right now is at eighty-nine point five. I definitely like the over on that. I like the Kirk Cousins over for two seventy-six point five passing yards. For me, pretty much any game that the Lions are involved in, until further notice, should be considered a shootout so i love kirk absolutely um throwing up some numbers as well this week i like johnny Munt, who's a tight end for the for the vikings no one else who's not a vikings fan would have ever heard of but he seems to get catches every single week so over on 11.5 i think that's an easy smash and then mac jones i like the under the 252.5 rush in passing yards uh, i don't think mac jones has a good week so those are the over under lines i like josh uh, looks like you don't like any
0: I didn't take the time to open the app, so I just decided that this week I'm riding off in the sunset with my two for two last week. So if you listen to me last week, you put thousand dollars down on like I said, you probably want some money, so congrats.
1: But Josh, I mean you're not gonna be able to, you know, feel this way after you win all your contests on uh on Sunday. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money, 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 money. <laughs> You don't want that to be you on Sunday?
0: No, that's gonna be me on Sunday. I'm just not gonna share my my oh, money with other, I see. everybody else. You're, you're selfish with it.
1: All right, it's Josh. not Christmas yet. <laughs> All right, let's move into the uh, mighty triumphant return of the medical minute. And actually, Jamie gave this to us like last Saturday. I don't think we would have had it in time for the show. So the the injury, it, the medical minute relating to it is a little dated. But Eric's, I'm glad you've tuned in live. Um, we're actually going to be talking about T.J. Watt's pec hair. um jamie is a real life doctor she has her medical degree and she's a year more than a, more of a doctor than she was last year so jamie does in fact know a lot of stuff and she knows what she's talking about so without further ado i'll let jamie a real life doctor get into it and talk about um a pector a pectoralis tear specifically one suffered by tj watt in week one of the nfl season dr jamie hammer take it away
2: Hey guys, Dr. Jamie Hammer here with this season's first medical minute. There's going to be no shortage of material here as already in the first game of the season of the Steelers versus the Bengals, TJ Watt went to go tackle Joe Burrow and experience what we think is a partial tear of his pectoralis tendon. Um, I'm going to give a little bit of information about what a pectoralis muscle is, how you tear it, and then how you fix it. The pectoralis muscle um, is the sexy pec muscle on the front of the chest. It connects between the breastbone and the clavicle, and it attaches onto the head of the humerus. So if you feel on your own body sort of that pectoralis muscle on your chest, and then you feel where it comes in to insert on the top of your upper arm, you can imagine that it's important in actions like throwing the ball, in actions like rotating your shoulder forward and backwards, and even just in extending and flexing your arm. Um, Any of these motions are controlled by that pectoralis muscle. In order to injure this muscle, you usually have to be in the extended position, and it's also uh, more vulnerable when it's externally rotated. So for example, uh, if TJ Watt is putting down his right shoulder and looking to dig it into Joe Burrow, you can imagine that he is both uh, extended and he is rotated. That allows you to put some extra force on that. And the most sensitive point is that insertion point on the top of the humerus bone in the arm. And that's where the muscle usually tears. Uh, Because this is a weakness injury, that overloading of the muscle is more often to result in a complete tear, um, as opposed to just a partial tear, like in many other injuries that you've heard of. A couple of sports that are more likely to cause a pectoralis tear would be weightlifting, wrestling, football, and parachuting, the all too common uh, increase of force that you experience when you're going from a low to a high gravity situation. The symptoms of a pectoralis tear that TJ Watt probably experienced on the field during his Steelers game uh, would be a pop. That's that sound of the tendon detaching from the bone, immediate pain, probably some weakness and inability to move the arm as we talked about, and then usually some bruising over the site. It was originally suspected that Mr. Watt was going to be out of the season for the rest of the year as a full thickness tear requires surgical fixation and usually about six months of rehab. However, we've gotten very lucky here that the Steelers are going to get to keep their linebacker because it's apparent that he probably just has a partial tear. This is going to be treated with a sling, probably immobilizing for three to six weeks or so, and then just allowing him some time to rest and keep that arm in sort of a neutral position so that those fibers of the muscle can um, get their strength back and start to heal. We'll probably have to give him some muscle relaxers and some pain medication to treat the soreness that he's going to experience. But other than that, we can expect TJ Watt to make a full recovery, even if he were to require surgery, but that would put him out for the rest of the season. So here's hoping for that partial tear. If you guys have any requests for the next week's Medical Minute, you feel free to hit me up. I'm thinking of doing a weekly or every other weekly segment this year, depending on what sort of material I get. So feel free to hit me up. It's a pleasure to be back. Enjoy your season, boys
1: all right big shout out to (coughs) erics if you were listening it seems like assuming it's the partial tear and assuming his recovery is just fine seems like tj watt could be back for the playoffs time i feel pretty strongly right now the steelers won't be in playoff consideration but i've been wrong before josh what do you know about pec tears what do you know about you know and you learn anything new there or anything you're familiar with already for any particular reason what do you think about that medical minute
0: well, yeah, I mean, he'll be back in time to watch the playoffs. Yeah, he'll be able to reach for that remote. <laughs> the, the, he'll be, he'll able, be to able to get that, that remote there. scoop yeah. just fine. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, they showed the stat. The Steelers are 0-6 without Watt, and their starting lineup and 0-5-1 with him in that get, when he gets hurt in the game um, and has to leave for the remainder of it. So I'm just going to go out there and say the Steelers are done. They don't have their three wins yet. So, Gar, congrats on your prediction. Um, but... Uh, I'm. I mean, the only the things that I took from that are um, the things that I took from that are TJ Watt needs to learn how to tackle. He sucks at tackling, and he needs to get stronger. He's a weakling because Jamie said that you know it's excessive force and it's a you know a strength issue. So TJ Watt probably slacking off in the gym needs to get back in there um and so it's it's uh it's an unfortunate situation that uh somebody that gets touted as one of the best defenders um but um he's he's a weakling that doesn't know how to tackle thanks thanks dr hammer i'll make sure tj hears your opinion
1: excessive force but tj watts white he's from wisconsin jesus world the country is really going to shit isn't it yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> all right josh that was the medical minute um please we don't I've, I've really kind of reduced the number of channels this year so i mean feel free to just call out dr jamie Chamber and dr jamie hammer in the chat or if you're uncomfortable doing it you can reach out to me privately and then i'm not afraid to call out dr jamie hammer but she is always looking for content ideas kind of her deal with this like it's obviously a, a hobby side project for her so she's really only going to make these medical minutes when she's excited about the topic and the best way for us if we do love the dr jamie hammer content like i assume we do because i know i love um, I love hearing a real life doctor talk about this shit so if we just throw as many ideas at her as possible She'll take up the ones she likes and she'll run with them. So, um, if you have any ideas, whether it's football related or not, please throw some medical minutes stuff in the chat. Um, and, you know, Jamie will make sure it gets to Jamie's attention. I, la- I know last year she ended up talking about, I think, anxiety and ADHD. I know that was a Walter's request. That didn't have, you know, a lot to do with football directly necessarily. So, there's no right or wrong answers. We really appreciate Dr. Jamie Hammer. So, please just let's throw all the ideas at her we can and then hope that a couple excited her because I love hearing her talk so the more content we get out of that i think the better um moving into the weekly preview josh we're already over 30 minutes i know we want to get out of here but just we got tampa bay playing green bay you have any any thoughts sitting on that or is there any waiver wire guys you really loved picking up this week anything else you want to talk about uh, kind of in this weekly preview here looking into week three
0: uh go packers
1: I mean, give us like 30 seconds on the Tampa Bay game. Is, are the Packers going to get throttled, or with two teams really banged up in the receiver core, should it be very interesting to watch?
0: Yeah, it'll be very interesting to watch. I think that when you get two two of the goats at QB with uh, a lot of the, the, the set at um, receiver, worst of all time, um, it's going to be an interesting situation. Brady's receivers have. <coughs> uh, Brady's receivers kind of are. More veteran than what the Packers have in their lineups now. Um, Dobbs is supposed to take a huge load, according to Matt Lafleur. Direct quote: "Yep, exactly." Uh, Cue the Mike Zimmer meme. Um, But uh, it'll be interesting. Obviously, Jones and Dylan. uh, The defense for Tampa Bay is pretty solid. Um, A lot of lot of injuries on the O line for both teams. Um, But it sounds like the Packers are going to get their um, starting lineup back, um, hopefully with less bruises than before. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to the game. It, it, it should be good. I don't think it's going to be a, I think that if this game were to happen later on in the season, it would be a completely different story. Um, but at this point in time, um, it's just, you know, it's football.
1: All right, I love your I love your takes, Josh. Um, I'm really interested in the Indy-Kansas City game. Just to see, does Indy absolutely roll over? I think everyone expects KC to win that game, but is Indy absolutely dead? We'll find out. Buffalo-Miami should be very exciting, hopefully. Um, Detroit-Minnesota, that's a game. I'll just say, if Minnesota is the team it thinks it is, Minnesota should win that game, no matter how much on the rise Detroit is. I think that game will be a shootout, but if Minnesota loses that Detroit game, there goes the season, I think. Um... We'll probably, you know, probably go like seven and ten or whatever it is. Um, other games? Does Tennessee figure it out? Can they beat Las Vegas? We got two zero and two teams, I believe. So Tennessee versus Las Vegas, what happens there? Um, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, we already talked about. And then Monday night, um, does Cooper Rush do it again? I think that's actually a much more interesting storyline than people might want to think it is. So I'm interested in the Monday night matchup as well. But those are just some key things I'm, I'm you know, I'm watching. I don't think I had any big fantasy waiver pickups this week, so watch out for J.K. Dobbins. Does his play? He played as DeAndre Swift, as Chase Edmonds. There's definitely some people to watch. But as of Saturday morning 8:35 a.m., we have no idea. So we'll go ahead and get the hell out of here, Josh. You just want to let the people know, go is right? You have absolutely nothing nothing else to say opacus that's all i got as well thank you so much for listening we would love your rants and your raves on tuesday night after for the tuesday night show or if you've got some hoodlines, if other people would want to try and participate in that we would absolutely love it it seemed to be a fan fave but um thank you everyone so much for listening we will see you tuesday night at 8 p.m central time love you bye Steelers won't lose Sunday, huh, Erics? Who are they playing? I know we've already talked about I it. The Steelers won't Thursday. lose Sunday, that's correct. They already lost on Thursday. You got me. This crafty Latvian son of a bitch. Go back us. It would be interesting, um, Walters, if Tennessee-Las Vegas ended in a tie. I don't think so. But I mean, it's kind of—I don't want to say it's make or break for both teams. But it really is, if you look at the stats on who does or doesn't make the playoffs after that many losses. Who knows, dude? Should be a good, good weekend of football, though. And I got nothing to do. Last Sunday I was occupied, so I'll just get to sit there and watch it this weekend.